so we're continuing today our series on discipleship, and we've been doing all different aspects of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And disciple actually just means learner. So has anybody here stopped learning yet? <laughs> so you only stop learning when you actually die, I think. But uh, we're learning about what it means to be like Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus. That's what we're looking at. And today I want to talk to you about rest. I want to talk to you about just in time for the holidays. I want to talk to you about the importance of physical rest And there's some irony in it because I've had one of the most stressful few weeks of my life. So I think I've been set up for this. Barely finished the talk in time, so I hope it's any good. But there you go. I'm going to talk to you about rest today. Let's get on with it. So rest is something I think that many of us find quite difficult, uh, especially when there are so many things going on in our lives. I mean, as a church, we've got lots of parents with young children who've forgotten what rest means anymore. We've got different people who've got levels of uh, seniority in their jobs and lots of responsibility. And we've got people who have got things going on there in their extended family. And the idea of rest is slightly challenging at the moment. I think it's something that we struggle with. But saying that, most of us like to be busy. I certainly do. I'm an activator. I like to get up and get going. I like to make things happen. And uh, I like to spin lots of plates. Otherwise, I can get dangerously bored. Ask my wife about it. It's when I'm bored, I get into trouble. But it's not wrong to work hard or even be ambitious. It's part of how God has made us. And it's even why some of the good things uh, exist in the world today, because somebody worked hard and found the cure for a disease. It's because somebody had ambition and built a city, a beautiful city. It's because somebody painted a picture that inspired a generation of creative people. It's not wrong to work hard and... To be ambitious. Now the problem comes when the delicate balance is tipped and we get too busy. When we have too much pressure and in those times we ignore the need for rest and we override the warning signs that the energy reserves are becoming low so that when we do rest, the rest has no effect. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but that's when you're on the edge of exhaustion. That's what it means to be exhausted, you can't replenish the energy reserves. And a few years ago, I had a scare during a difficult time in my life, and I know I teetered right on the edge of emotional burnout. I mean, during that time, I found I couldn't cope with any extra pressures. I'd be irritable all the time, not just occasionally. I'd lose my temper and then cry for no reason at all, and I couldn't think properly And I found it impossible to pray or to read the Bible. I went through a whole period of time like that. It was a very low period for me. I remember one morning we decided to get away for a few days. And I was standing in the shower and this this blackness descended on me. And with it, I had the distinct impression of an invitation to step into a big dark pit. And that if I did, the darkness would cover me and hide me and I wouldn't have to face things anymore. The craziest thing is, is that in that moment, in that moment of decision, that seemed like an attractive proposition. And I nearly jumped in there. 
And it was frightening and I never want to go to that place again. And then perhaps you've been to that kind of place and you know what I'm talking about or perhaps you're even in that place right now. But you see, God hasn't designed our bodies just to keep up with all kinds of work and emotional pressure like that. Actually, he's hardwired us into the need for balance in work and in rest. I mean, take sleep, for example. Do you ever think about what a strange thing sleep is? I was reading this week that we spend a third of our lives asleep, resting. That's like 25 years of sleep for most of us. What a waste of time. You ever think about that? I've spent 25 years resting, but that's how God has designed us to be, so that we need sleep, rest every night if we're going to live fruitful and productive lives. Which is why Jesus, who achieved more in three years than any other man or woman who's lived, he talked about and and modeled the importance of rest. So I just want to do two things today. I just want to tell you, number one, some things I've seen in the Bible about rest. And number two, some things that I've learned about and learning about rest. So that's all I want to do. So let's look at the Bible first of all. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. In fact, the Bible says an awful lot of stuff about rest. But here's just a few things for you to think about. And I want to just use the message version uh, today for this particular passage, which is in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And he says that Jesus turned to his disciples one day and he said these words in verse 28. Please feel free to respond at any time as I ask these questions. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Jesus said, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I want to show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. And work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. So keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound amazing? Doesn't that sound great? So Jesus, I always thought when I read this passage, it's a very well-known passage And I've always thought, well, this is Jesus talking to the unbelievers out there who don't know him yet. Obviously, you know, they've got this thing about that's what religion's about, but they're not connected to Jesus. But actually, these words, Jesus spoke directly to his disciples. These words are for disciples. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned on religion? It's, if you like, people that have been to church. It's people that have been serving. It's people that have been doing all the right things, but they've got worn out and disillusioned anyway. Anyone? Ever been like that? Ever experienced that? In the context of being a disciple of Jesus. See, Jesus knew what life could do to his followers, so he took some time to remind them, to teach them about how to function in relationship to him and not get overwhelmed. Anybody need that today? And his call was to those who were burned out on religion. See, religion is interesting. I mean, religion is an obligation. It's a, it's a set of rules to live by. But a relationship is a connect was offering. It's about relationship. It's about relationship, not religion. 
And living as a disciple and trying to obey all the rules is stressful. But growing in a relationship is pleasurable. And so right there, that's where it starts. That's where it starts, with relationship. Jesus is calling us to connection, to connection with him as the source of life, to live from him, to live from that place of intimacy. It says elsewhere, put first the kingdom of God, get connected to his kingdom, and all these other things will sort themselves out. Get that priority right. That's it. That's rest right there, being with Jesus. We were singing this morning about running into his arms. That's the place of rest. That's the place where we can sit with him and know his pleasure and know his company and know relationship. So are you, here's the first question, are you in relationship with Jesus or in religion with him? (laughs) Because it makes a big difference to how you live your life. He goes on to say, walk with me and work with me, but don't get weighed down. Did you realize that we were called to work with Jesus, not for him? To come alongside this picture of a yoke being yoked with Jesus is to walk alongside, to be with him, but to allow him to take the lead. He says, walk with me, work with me. He says, I'll show you, watch how I do it, learn the unforced rhythms of grace and walking and working with Jesus is about finding his pace for your life finding his pace you know we can get so busy doing what we think we need to do but actually when you make Jesus the Lord of your life it's about finding out his pace finding out what he's asking you to do And this isn't based on rules or or duty. It's not about task. It's about connection. And this is where we get our rhythm, the rhythms of grace. So here's the other question. Are you connected to Jesus? Are you connected? Is he your Lord? Is he your master? (laughs) Is he the one that you're following? That's where you find out about the rhythms of his grace. And Guys, I just want to say, I'm not just talking about Christian ministry here. If you've got church mindset on about following Jesus, I'm not just talking about this applies to every aspect of life. It's whether in the workplace or whether it's in the home, any kind of assignment. I mean, for 20 years, I worked in a law office, and I can honestly say that being connected to Jesus gave me incredible favor because of the wisdom and insight I got out of that connection. I got this reputation in the firm over the years of being the one who could fix stuff, the one who could shift the log jams, the one who could make things happen. I just had this incredible knack that they couldn't quite understand. So I'd end up getting all the really hard cases. And then things would just kind of work out. They said, what is it with this guy? It got to such a state that I remember one day I was walking out to lunch with my boss. And as I walked out into the corridor, the lift doors just opened. (laughs) We got in the lift. We went down and out of the building. We went out for lunch. We came back and I walked into the building. And again, as I walked in, these notorious lifts that never seemed to work for anybody, the same thing happened. And the lift doors just opened and I got in and we went out and my boss looked at me and said, what is it with you? Even the lift doors obey you. (laughs) 
But you know, what I would do is in those difficult situations, I would just connect to Jesus. I'd just go into that place and said, Lord, what shall I do with this? What shall I do? How will I, how will we fix this? How are we going to get around this? And time and time again, things would just move, things would just shift, and God would show me the way through. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Connected to Jesus. Are you connected to Jesus? I just want to give a testimony, really, that in 20 years in the law, I didn't have one negligence action against me. Now, if you've been in the law, you'll know that that is actually quite miraculous. But every night, I would pray and say, Lord, just cover me. If I've missed anything, will you show me? Time and time again, I'd wake up in the morning, I've missed this, or I need to do that, or there's something else, or something would just come along. Connected to Jesus. Connected to Jesus. And because of that, I could come to work in a place of rest, in a very stressful job, and I didn't always get it right, but returning to that place of connection with Jesus and knowing his favour. So it's not just about being at church, being a Christian. It's about the whole of our lives being connected to Jesus. So are you able to rest like that? Are you able to take those moments in your spirit to reconnect and find his rhythms of grace wherever you are day to day? Because that's what it's about. That's what these unforced rhythms of grace are about. Don't you just love that phrase? Isn't that a great phrase that Peterson's found, that unforced rhythms of grace? And so apt a description of how God has put things together. So, for example, if you were to go back right to the beginning, you can see that God put rhythm into creation. You know, first there were the times and the seasons. There was night and day, summer, winter, autumn and spring. Then there were the days of the week and the months of the years. And then the years after years after years. God created all these rhythms of time in six days. And on the sixth day, it says... In Genesis 1.27, that God created man and he blessed them and gave them their job description. Do you know what it was? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth on the sixth day, the day that man was created. But then on the seventh day, what happened? It says that God rested. God rested. And on that day, he called it blessed. That's Genesis chapter 2. And do you know, this came as a bit of a revelation for me. I thought it was my revelation that nobody else had ever seen this before. But as I researched it, I found that everybody knew about it except for me, it seemed. But it came as a bit of a revelation to me that the first day that man was on the earth was a day of rest. The first day that he lived, a full day, was a day of rest. The day that God called blessed. A day of rest is a day called blessed. And, you know, the night before, you know, before he went to bed that night, God had given him his job description. This is the job I want to do. Now, if it had been me, I'd have been out there. I'd be making things happen, making the calls, getting an email off, all this kind of thing. But no, God starts. He's right, go to bed now. In the morning, you're going to rest. But he hasn't done anything yet. He's just been created. And God says, no, the first day you live, I want you to find rest with me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? Have you got God's rhythm in your working week? Have you got God's rhythm, the rhythm that he designed in creation 
in the context of your life. There's an, there's, we can see from this that there's an important priority of rest that God has designed us for. Before we work, we must rest. Before we work, we must rest. But so many of us, we do it the opposite way around, don't we? We do it the opposite way around. We live for the weekend. <gasps> if I can just get through this week, it'll be Friday night and then Saturday. Can't wait to get there. And then I can have my lion. Been working all week. Or we say, it's only three weeks to my holiday. It really is. It's only three weeks to my holiday. I'm very excited about that. And we use that to motivate us to get through our days. And I really am right now. But... What if we learn to do it God's way? What if we learn to tune in to God's design for us? A rhythm of grace that he designed for our bodies and our emotions and our spirits. Rest before you work. Rest so you can work. Work from a place of rest. Think about that. I've put the list up on the board because I just thought that was so cool. God's rhythm in the working week. Rest before you walk. Work. Rest so that you can work. What, it would, what would it mean to you? What would you need to change in your thinking and in your perspective of your life if you were to understand God's rhythms of grace for you? And rest is very important to God. You, I, if I had time, I could take you through loads more passages, but it's very important to God. This is how important it is. He equates rest with do not steal, do not murder, and do not commit adultery. Rest is in the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? The requirement for rest is in the Ten Commandments. I'll read it to you, because some of you look like I'm not telling the truth. It's Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, it says this. God says, remember the Sabbath day, the rest day, the blessed day, by keeping it holy. Six days you will work and do all your work, but on the seventh it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And on it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male, nor your female, servants, nor animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. So you think you've worked hard, look what God's just done. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, the rest day, and he made it holy, which is where we get our word holy day. He made it a holy day, a holiday. How about that? Holiday was in God's heart from the beginning of time. God commands us to rest for one whole day. A blessed holy day. Have you? Have you obeyed this commandment? When was the last time you repented for not obeying God's command to rest? Think about it. Think about it. It's a commandment. Have you rested like God has told you to do? Maybe some of you just need to repent and get right with God over your lack of rest. And I'm serious. 
There's things that drive us. There's things that we do and we don't rest. But God says, I command you to take a day off. Imagine having a boss like that. (laughs) But there's so many important reasons why we don't. I'm too busy. I'm doing what I'm doing is too important. That's the one that gets me. This is too important or too exciting. And it's sad to see that for many, they, they won't rest until they have to. Until they have to. Until they get so sick that they can't not rest. So many leaders get into that position. But that's not how Jesus wanted it to be for disciples of his, however important their work was. Let me just take you straight into the New Testament and to an illustration, really, of how Jesus taught his disciples to rest. It's in Matthew chapter 6. You don't need to turn. It's a very well-known story. It's the feeding of the 5,000, you see. The disciples had just come back from this very exciting ministry trip. They'd been doing some really important work. And the same miracles were now happening through them. They were seeing... Uh, People healed. They were seeing demons leave people. They were seeing restoration. They were saving people's lives. The same stuff they'd seen in Jesus was happening in them. It's such important work. They were really doing the stuff, changing lives and advancing the kingdom. But this activity put them in danger. How can it have put them in danger? They were doing God's work. They were doing what God had told them to do. Jesus had sent them out into the communities. But it says that the needs of the people were too much and they were losing a connection that was important with Jesus. Mark says that because so many people were coming and going, the disciples didn't even have a chance to eat. So Jesus intervenes and he says to them, come on, you come with me. We're going to a quiet place and you're going to get some rest. This wasn't an invitation, it was an intervention. And Jesus insists that his disciples need to take some rest. But then a curious thing happens, you see. The crowds follow the disciples to their place in the country. And Jesus doesn't send them away. And instead, Jesus does something which I think sounds quite hard. He challenges them. He challenges them, the disciples, in that place of depletion and a lack of resources to feed the crowds. But they don't have what they need to do it. Ever been in that place? I just haven't got what the people need, Lord. And you can't help feeling a bit sorry for them. They thought they were going to have a bit of one-to-one time with Jesus, perhaps around the campfire, sleeping out overnight, maybe go to a restaurant somewhere and just hang out with him. That's what they were expecting. And then Jesus brings this challenge and their their reaction to now feed these people is, I can't do it. I haven't got it. I don't have anything. Lord, it's late. We're hungry. Why are you telling us to feed them? We're hungry. We've come to spend time with you. We were hoping for a restaurant, candlelit dinner. And what are you asking us to do? Please, won't you just send the people away? They actually said that. That's how tired they were. That's how exhausted they were. And I'm sure that none of us would ever feel like that when people come to our houses for help. But Jesus was trying to teach them about the rhythms of his grace and how to work from a different place to just being active and out there and doing stuff. 
So it says that he took what they had. All they managed to scrabble together were two loaves and five fish. And then it says that he multiplied what they had in his hands and that their empty baskets were filled and they fed the people. And as each basket emptied, as they fed more and more people, the disciples had to come back to Jesus again to be filled. They'd go out, they'd feed, they'd come back. And from the hands of Jesus, the food multiplied again. Their basket was filled, they went out, they fed the people, it got empty, and they came back. You see, Jesus was teaching them how to stay connected. How to stay connected, very physically, very visibly. Baskets empty, need to go back to Jesus. Get it filled, wait for it to be filled, now I can go out again. Baskets empty, need to go back to Jesus. Very visible, very physical, very tangible. How's your basket? How's your basket doing at the moment? Your resources, where are they at? Need to come back to Jesus need to keep connected. You know, however busy or important you are, or your work, you can't feed people. You cannot be a part of the human race with empty baskets. You need to come back continually as a disciple of Jesus and get refilled. I mean, perhaps that's where you're at today. I've come to church with an empty basket you know, when Steve stood up in the morning, earlier on this morning, he says, when we come together, we've got all these gifts we want to give people. And your reaction was actually, no, I've got a lot of empty that I need filling today. You need to get connected, reconnected to Jesus. Jesus wants us to work from a place of rest. He wants us to stay connected, to go where he tells us to go, and then our baskets will be continually filled. And you know, if you're able to do that, if you're able to learn how to do that and to grow in that dependence, miracles happen. Miracles happen from that place of connection with Jesus. Miracles in your workplace. Miracles in your family. Miracles happen by being connected to Jesus. Not by your work, not by your strength, not by your effort, but by being connected to Jesus. So those are some of the things that the Bible says about rest. That's point one. Point two. What are some of the things I've been learning about rest? I want to share those with you. I want to get quite practical with you now. Bring some application. But I also want to ask you to take what I've said and think it through for yourself. Because what we're talking about is being a disciple of Jesus. And what it is, is how am I going to stay connected? And how am I doing on obeying him right now? How am I doing of coming back to him when I need to be filled? But here's a load of practical things that I've been learning. Because I'm not very good at rest. You know, I'm an activator. And as I said, and I, I'm not very good at sitting still. Alison can tell you all about that. So this is what I've been learning, and this is from a fellow disciple of Jesus who's on the road trying to learn this stuff too. And this is the first thing I've been learning, and that is that rest is about prioritizing. Rest is about prioritizing, because you see, God has designed us to work from a place of rest and not the other way around, which means that we need to make some adjustments if we're going to exploit the rhythms of grace that God has designed us to live by. So... Getting practical, then think about it day to day. How do you start your day? 
how do you start your day? Because my natural tendency is to jump out of bed, get straight to the news, get straight to the email list, get straight to this, that, and everything. I'll fire it off here, there, get everything going, get all the plates spinning, make it all happen. That's me, that's what I'm like. But that isn't working from a place of rest. And what I find is that by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I need a break. So what about switching it? Starting the day with rest. Starting the day by stopping. But I've just woken up. I've just woken up. Well, that's what happened at creation. You've just woken up. But the first day is a day of rest. So wake up and stop. Connect to God. Wait in his presence. Do you know, I found that that is so powerful. You don't have to spend two hours praying and waiting in his presence. Even five minutes makes a huge difference. Stop. Wake up. Stop. I love that book, Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Have you read that book? It's brilliant if you've not read it. But he has this thing of, when I wake up, I say, Good morning, Holy Spirit. When I get in the shower, I say, Lord, how about giving me a bit of a scrub down right now? And that's how he goes through the beginning of his day. I love that, the simplicity of it. Stop. Acknowledge his presence. Allow him to connect with you. And practice doing this not just at the beginning of the day, but as you go through the day. It only needs a moment, but acknowledge his presence and his wisdom. He says, no, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. Well, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Stop. Brother Lawrence wrote a book called Practicing His Presence. And he was a monk who lived a long, long time ago. But what he, what he found is that before he did any task, he would pause just for a moment and acknowledge the presence of God. Before any task, before any change in direction, he would pause and just acknowledge God in his life. Prioritize rest over work. Keep returning to that place. And in the same vein, take a fresh look at your diary. Take a fresh look at your diary because I think most of us, we start by filling our weeks with all the people we need to see, the things that we need to do, obligations that we need to fulfill. You fill out your diary and you feel exhausted already and you've not done anything, especially the achievers amongst us. But how about doing it the other way around? Put in, take your diary, delete everything. Wouldn't that be fun? Delete everything and then restart your diary by putting all your days off in, all your family times in, your holidays in for the year, your rest moments, your rest times, your date nights. Should we do that? How about that? How about starting that way around before you fit anything else in? Have sufficient days off during the year. Don't feel guilty about not being available when people ask you to book with them because you've allocated time for rest and for family time. That's a killer for me. It's an urgent crisis, and I want to go and save the world, you know. But I've got this family day, you know. (sighs) It's just me, I know. And how about this? If you have a very busy period coming up, How about taking some time off before the busy time to prepare for it? And I don't mean prepare for it by getting everything planned and worked out. Prepare for it by taking some time off. 
Prepare yourself so that you've got energy to go into that busy time. Instead of getting through it by the skin of your teeth, and then I've got to take three or four days off because I'm actually so exhausted. Yeah? Am I I reaching anybody here? Because what this is about is making our lives sustainable for the long term, not just to get through the busy patch. Um, Pace yourself and look after yourself and your important relationships. That's the first thing I've learned then, prioritizing. Secondly, rest is about taking a full day off every week. It's not about snacking on rest. You know, we're snackers, aren't we? We snack all the time. We don't have decent meals. Same thing we do with rest. God has designed us so that we need a full day off every week, a Sabbath, a day when we don't work, when we let the world go on without us a bit. You know, they'll survive. They'll cope without us. Just take some time out. We need time to laugh, time to recreate ourselves to play And it's important to have times of laughter and fun, so don't be about all work and responsibility. Of course, if you don't ever do any work, you need to do some work. You know, get busy. But if you're working and it's all about work and responsibility, you're going to be sad. You're going to be a sad person. Get it switched. Work it out. Make some time for recreation. And don't skip out on sleep either. You know, strange though it might sound, I I found that my biggest doubts, my biggest fears and all my worst temptations will come when I'm anxious, stressed or tired. You know, and these historically, and I've lived a few years now, I know I don't look it, but it's a few. And these have been the moments of my greatest failure and demonic attack when I've just been overtired. You know, sometimes you don't need to pray about it, you just need to go to bed and sleep. Yeah? That is spiritual warfare. I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm going to go to bed. I think you should do that. Somebody needed to hear that right now. (laughs) The third thing is that rest is about stopping. Some of you are even dropping off right now. (laughs) Rest is about stopping along the way. That's the other thing I've been learning. Sometimes you just need to stop and take stock now, right now. Uh. It's about deliberately taking time out to recharge yourself when you need it. So you haven't reached your rest day yet. Actually, I need it right now. Um, Even if it means cancelling something. And one of the differences in my life since my scare all those years ago is about being a little bit more self-aware about how I'm made up. You know, in past, I had this kind of macho attitude. I know it's hard to believe, but I did, that I'm just going to keep going and I'm never going to get tired because I'm a machine. (sighs) (laughs) But now I've learned I'm not such a machine and I take stock a little more and I actually build in time to recharge after a difficult meeting. Or if it's been an emotionally charged series of days, I'll just stop and I'll cancel stuff. You know, I actually need to take some time out now because I know if I keep going like that, I won't be able to keep going. And that, so in that, in, in terms of recharging yourself, find out what recharges you. I mean, for some of us, it might not be seeing lots of people, but it, it's retreating into the hills or going by the sea. For others, it may be socializing, going out with friends, Or it may be a novel that has no spiritual content whatsoever. I love that. 
Jesus is happy even when I read a John Grisham novel. I've discovered that. He actually quite likes John Grisham. (laughs) Or a film or Netflix box sets. Anybody? Come on. You know it. You know it makes sense. But really, if you don't find positive things that will recharge you when your resources are depleted, then what happens is that you drift towards other things to alleviate stress that are not healthy and not helpful, like overeating or alcohol or pornography. That's what happens if you don't take proactive steps to ward off exhaustion and stress. And then finally, the thing I've learned is about booking your holiday, your holy day. Book it. Stop procrastinating. Get it in the diary. Alison has taught me this. She's the planner. Um, But I I just have to admit, I am still not very good at holidays, and I've always found them a bit difficult, having to sit still and not do a lot, wasting time. I still find that hard. And partly that's because I just really like working. I I do. I love my job. It's the best job in the world. Someday somebody's going to find out, and then it's all over, you know. But I love my job. It's really great. Um, but the strange thing is that I, I've had to really work at it. I've had to work at doing holidays. <laughs> Sounds weird, doesn't it? I have to really work at it and see it as an important time of God's rhythm, getting back into our lives. We, we were at Centre Parks uh, for a long weekend a few years ago. They've got a chapel on the campus there. And I don't know if you know, but the guy who started Centre Parks is actually a Dutch Christian. And there's a chapel on every Centre Parks uh, campus, or whatever you call it. And uh, I went in, we went into the chapel one day because we were just curious. What is this doing here? You know. And then it's, it talks about the word holy day, holiday, talking about it as a time for reconnecting with people and reconnecting with God in creation. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Book your holiday. Book it. And have some fun. And enjoy some guilt-free relaxation. And spiritually too, I mean, we've had huge benefits as a family from holidays. But spiritually too, I think these have been some of the times when, when we felt God speak to us most clearly and strengthen us for the work that we're going back to. For the work that we've been created for. So there's my final exhortation. Get out there and book some holiday and enjoy yourself, but come back ready to get stuck in, having recharged, having rebuilt, having recreated, come and get back involved, and see what God's going to do. Right, let me conclude then. I want to read that passage again, because I think it's so good from the message. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Take Jesus on holiday with you. I'll show you how to take some real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So here we go. Do you need to reconnect with Jesus right now? Is the basket a bit empty? Do you need to reconnect with him? Are you working with him or for him? Are you learning your pace in relation to him, or is it the other way around? Rest is very important to God. It's how he designed us, and he even commanded it. Do you need to repent? <laughs> Do you need to repent for your wrong attitude towards rest? 
too driven, too striven, not resting, not understanding the rhythms that God has made for us, how he's hardwired them into us. Learn to work from the place of rest. God has designed us to rest, to work, not the other way around. Well, this is going to take some adjustment, and you may have already neglected this important emphasis, and you need to take a break. Well, there's a good way of repenting. Go on holiday, and go and have a wonderful summer, and spend some time with Jesus. We'll be in Italy, so see ya couple more weeks almost there so praise God I just want to pray for you I want to pray that God will just come and fill some baskets right now just come and replenish some stocks if that's you just want to stand up if you're just feeling my basket's quite empty at the moment I'm actually overdue for a holiday and I need Jesus to give us some money so we can go on holiday. As a testament, we actually couldn't afford to go on holiday this year. And we prayed about it. And we got given a refund from Barclays Bank. Bless them. And it was just the right amount for the cost of our apartment. How about that? Isn't that good? Isn't God good? So I've got an anointing now for you. If you seriously, if you need God to just bless you financially so that we, and, we can take a break... We're going to pray for that as well. So just put your hands out like you've got an empty basket. Just write while you're standing there, why don't you ask him to fill your basket? And I don't know what it is you need. It may be that you do need money. It may be that you need time. It may be you need something to change in your family. Just take a moment to ask God for what you need in your basket right now, and then I'm going to pray for you. Well, Lord, the people with their hands out are tired and they're worn out and they're burned out. So we come to you. And Jesus, we want to respond to your invitation to get away with you and recover our lives. And Lord, we want to learn how to take real rest by walking and working with you. We want to watch you and how you do it. We want to learn those unforced rhythms of grace. And Father, we want to just say that We trust Jesus who made us. He's the creator. And that you're not going to lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on us. So right now, Lord, we come to you because our baskets are empty. And Lord, we repent for not resting, for not taking that seriously enough, for being a little bit too driven. And not understanding the rhythms of grace that you've built into us. We repent of that. And Lord, And we come to you and say, Lord, we want to keep company with you so that we can learn to live freely and lightly. Lord, would you just put a lightness in, a, in us? Lord, we've just got a bit too serious recently, and we need a good laugh. And Lord, it says, in your presence there's fullness of joy. So Lord, we want to spend some time in your presence. And Jesus, we want to invite you. Will you come on holiday with us this year? Would you just come on holiday with our families? Uh, wherever we go, we want to meet you, want to bump into you. And, and Lord, I just ask you right now that if anybody needs finance, would you release money to them right now in Jesus' name so that they can take a break this summer? 
And Father, I pray that as we come back in the autumn, that we come back full up and charged up and ready to go for your glory. Thank you, Father. Amen.